Come and dream with me. Hello, welcome to Body Wanna Watch the Explosion Network's premium media podcast. Every fortnight we get together to talk about movies, TV, and online content. And help you answer the question Should Jurassic Park have been a standalone movie? Because Colin Tree of Roth certainly thinks so. I'm your host, Ashley Hobley. Joining me today, Dylan Blight. Wait, wait, wait. What? Jurassic World or Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park? So he thinks Jurassic Park should have been one movie, but Jurassic World should have been three? No, he should. The franchise should have stopped the Jurassic <laughs> So he said the franchise should have been one movie and he should have never made his movies is what he's saying. I mean, I, not specifically, but, you know, if you were to read. Uh, I was about to say, that's it. very weird for someone who's directed two out of the three to be like, <laughs> you know, we shouldn't have made that shit. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah, it's a weird quote. <laughs> you know, because obviously the franchise wasn't able to continue with, you know, them constantly having to go back to the island and that kind of stuff, so. Hmm. Yeah. All right, on today's episode of What Do You Want to Watch, we'll be sharing my own watch history. We'll be char- talking about some film and TV news, giving some thumbs to trailers, and doing this week's top three. Uh, kick things off in explosionally network-related content. The latest Star Wars series has been released. Andor, of course, following the character of Cassian Andor before the events of Rogue One, which happened before the events of Star Wars A New Hope, uh, you know, trekking, you know, Cassian's origin hey. of the Rebellion. Watch what you're saying. What? Trekking. I know what you're doing. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> uh, Dylan, what do you think of Leandor? Uh Yeah, I think it's the best Disney Plus series so far. As much as I enjoy watching The Mandalorian, The Mandalorian is just so up and down across its couple of seasons and a couple episodes of <laughs> Book of Boba Fett um, that, you know, it's hard to uh, appreciate as much. So far, we're four episodes into this and just, boy, huh. I appreciate when stuff's shot outside is what I've decided. I, I appreciate <laughs> stuff that's like shot on a real world or a real set. It's fucking, it's just, it's mind-blowing how it's good interesting. it can look. It is, it's interesting how much you appreciate depth of field going forward. I think it's just because all the other Disney Plus series were all shot on the fucking volume. Hmm. And I've got so used to it, so used to that plastic feel that seeing something that's not all there, that's not all fake, um... It oh, it's like going outside for the first time. Like I feel like that kid in um the room. Like not the not the room, you know, the one where the kid escapes that room. You know the one? The Brie Larson? Room. Room. Yeah, not the room. Room, sorry. I feel yeah. like that kid. Okay. What an analogy. <laughs> old old Jacob Tremblay. Yeah. That's it, Jacob Tremblay, yeah. He's in everything, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it as well. It's like an old school... It, it feels very much like a British Spice story, you know? Uh, like, you know, obviously I watched Slow Horses earlier this year, uh, but then you got, like, shows like Spooks and that kind of stuff. It feels like that. Obviously, it's helped by a largely British cast um, and largely people who've worked in British television. Uh, I was about to say, and the, like, Executive producers, the yeah. showrunners, and they're all British. Obviously, it's <laughs> it's made by Tony Gilroy, who's yeah. did like the Bond movies and that kind of stuff. So it's got that uh, f- flavor to it. Um, 
but yeah, really enjoying it. It's four episodes in. Obviously, Cassian's really great. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård is really interesting to watch so far. Um, and yeah, if it, we are only scratching the surface. Four episodes of a twelve-episode run. Um, but yeah, of a show we know is getting more than one season. And yeah, it is definitely coming back. Yeah. yeah, uh, I think they should get or shot so, it already. I can't remember what 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 it was but yeah i think they said they were shooting at the start of next year i, unless, I could be wrong but, okay, I think that's yeah. Yeah. but yeah really great uh and if you want to hear our episode by episode thoughts you should be listening to holocron entries uh no going rogue our our ando show on holocron you should entries. be listening to going rogue on the holocron entries podcast feed that is the correct way to promote it way yes. to promote it yeah. all right uh Right, so I was lucky to go to an advanced screening of Don't Worry Darling, the most talked about movie of 2022. Tell probably. I was like, I was about to be like, eh, but then I was like, yeah, fair enough. It's probably been the most tweeted about movie and <laughs> pure because of all the drama around it, um, which, uh, shout out, I what Olivia Wilde was on Colbert this week and she had like a great segment, you know, I thought, uh, which Colbert kind of, you know, talks about, you know, a female director, uh, even if any of it was, like, partially true, if you, it was a male-directed project, they probably wouldn't be discussing it because, but because it's a female director. Uh, everybody's talking about everything. Uh, you should definitely check it out, because I love his bit about Spitgate, you know, in which he questions if it actually happened or not, even though she Spitgate. categorically denies it did not. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. Um... But yeah, of course, this is the latest Olivia Wilde movie, her follow-up to Booksmart, uh, in which Forrest Pugh plays a woman named Alice who's living in a 1950s-esque uh, community in the middle of nowhere that is kind of like uh, like a tiny utopia. They're, all the husbands of the people in the community work at the big... Uh, at some facility, um, and it's not exactly clear what's going on, why everything's happening and a series of events kind of make her question whether the world she is currently uh, inhabiting is actually as true as it possibly can, you know? Um, it's, so, it's enjoyable, uh, but, you know, it falls apart in the third act, you know? The, the reveal of what is actually happening doesn't... It isn't satisfying. Um... It the movie is trying to like touch on a bunch of different subjects, and topics, but it never really fully commits to like tackling any of them. Um, Florence Pugh was fantastic; like she's continues to be Florence Pugh, uh, and does the dramatic stuff great. She does the comedic stuff great. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a difficult one to discuss without spoilers. Uh, it's one I think people should watch because I think there is interesting elements there, but I don't think it's a super satisfying movie. Um, it, yeah, it, it, there's so much stuff that is it, that is not explained that is frustrating. That I come out of like, why, why is this thing? Why did this instigating event happen? That ha- it doesn't have any explanation for. Is this spin off to Westworld? No, it is not a spin-off to Westworld. Damn! It's my theory out the window. 
Yeah, no. Aaron Paul does not pop her head anywhere or Evan Rachel. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Um, yeah, but like I said, Florence Pugh's great. Chris Pine, fantastic. Is like this, uh, you know, uh, kind of cult leader. Like, weird. That's all I got from the, that's all I got from the trailer. Cult leader. <laughs> cult leader-esque character. Uh, just giving off creepy vibe, weird vibes. Um, Harry Styles, not good. Here's, yeah. here's, what, here's my question. As someone who hasn't watched this movie, mm. do we th- do you think his acting career is just over? Like, so ev- everyone's panning him in this, and then everyone's panning him in my policeman. policeman or whatever it's called. So, do you reckon, like, this was supposed to be his big year, watch his acting career? Do you think just, like, two panned performances? It's so, like, yeah. I, I don't think his acting career will be over. I don't think he'll be taken seriously as a lead for a dramatic project. You know? <laughs> he won't be the guy uh, yeah. that you base your movie on. Uh, I'm sure he's going to show up in some MCU project. I don't know if it's going to be the next, yeah. um, uh, what's we call it? Yeah, uh, um, Eternals. Eternals. Uh, I don't know. Be so showing up the thing, like, he was fine in Dunkirk. Yeah, but he didn't talk in Dunkirk. <laughs> he was That's just running point. around yeah. trying not to be killed or found out That's that he was point. French. Um, he just needs to not talk, man. Fuck. Yeah, I mean, in this, he... I think he's attempting a Brit- uh, American accent, but it's not working, and he's constantly British throughout. To the point where I uh, obviously went to the movie with Buddy, and he's like, "I think they like ADR in dialogue where they say he's British." Do you know? <laughs> they really? made him British. <laughs> That's what Buddy reckons, but <laughs> because his accent's so terrible, there's just some scenes crazy, you're man. like, he's really not doing much. He's not really holding up against Florence Pugh, you know. Mm. There's, there's like, a moment where he's, like, looking off into the distance. I'm like, wow, he's just staring at nothing. He's not really, you know, acting. He's just looking like he's looking at the floor or something. I don't know. It's, it, it, yeah, he's not great. Um, but everybody else is really enjoyable and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, the it, it's a prob- it's a, a very flawed movie um, just on a script level. Um, but it looks very pretty. There's cool shots. There's... It's funny, there's, like, lens flares th- featured throughout the film. It's like, of course, the Chris Pine movie has to have a bunch of lens flares in it. Because uh, he was in Star Trek when they had... Was this yes, the, of, the yeah. reference was he was Captain Kirk. Yes, yeah. J.J. Abrams, yeah. But, yeah. There's... Yeah. There's some odd choices in that kind of stuff. So, but, uh, uh, yeah. It's like a 6.5, probably 6 out of 10 movie, but... You know, that's an okay. That's an okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I want Olivia Wilde to keep making movies because you know at least she's trying to do original content. But uh, you know, maybe wait till this one comes to streaming services. You know, if you don't want to commit to commit to the theater. I I also went and watched uh, see how they run. So this is the new. This is a like a murder mystery uh, about. It takes place in the uh, in 1950s. Coincidentally, the same same period. As, uh, don't worry, darling. But this is uh, set in London. Uh, so a movie director is killed uh, at the after party of the hundredth performance of Agatha Christie's play *The Mousetrap*. Now, uh, kill the director played by Adrian Brody, uh, who kind of narrates the opening of the movie. Um, 
He's killed, possibly because he's uh, trying to make a film adaptation of The Mousetrap. Um, something that never does happen in real life. You know, The Mousetrap, famously known as a play that Agatha Christie never wanted adapted to another medium and thus continues to be performed constantly in London's West End. Um, so yeah, this is he's murdered. There's a bunch of different suspects whether it's people who are behind the actual movie production, uh, that was it the writer who's upset about the changes he wants to make? Was it the, uh, you know, the theater owner who doesn't want the movie to be made because people stop coming to the theater? Was it the actor who, you know, the director, uh, hit, hit, who's, who the director, no, the actor whose wife the director tried to hit on? Uh, there's a whole bunch of different suspects. Uh, you've got Sam Rockwell as the de- lead detective and Saoirse Ronan as his, Constable, like, newbie uh, police officer who, you know, is very precocious and, like, trying to learn as much as possible. It's very... It, it's a charming movie. It's a likable movie. It's a fine movie. You know, I was... It's not, like, super funny. It's not super windy or mystery-laden. Um, there's not many twists or that kind of stuff. Um, the mystery's enjoyable it's it's kind it, i think this movie one when, when i came out of this movie like that's a kind of clever movie there's like clever elements to it there's like th- certain things that are seen at the start that like kind of make you go oh that's that's that, that's very f- amusing and clever towards the end but you know it never really elevates itself to the next level uh Saoirse ronan is hilarious she's very very funny um sam rockwell is sam rockwell <laughs> is very good as well um but yeah it's, it's i it's like a week on and it's like a movie that doesn't really have much of a lasting impact on me like i enjoyed it in the moment uh but you know it's it's probably not gonna be a movie that i think about it when we're talking about best movies of the year at the end of the year so yeah let's see how they run Ring endorsement go check it out <laughs> so, uh dylan you got to watch a movie that I talked about last week. You got to watch Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Um, yep, went and watched this in Melbourne and um, quite enjoyed it. Obviously, A24 film, so banger. Um, <laughs> I don't spend too much time, I guess, because you already talked about it. But yeah, it's, um, it is a comedy horror. I, um, I found the characters all very amusing. I thought all the performances were a lot of fun. I thought the kills were mostly entertaining. Um, the back and forth dialogue is meant to be obviously a degree of corny and funny at the same time and just a bit silly. Um, and the twist, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, I thought was sort of perfect the way the film ends and <laughs> it's just sort of the way the reveal and then sort of cuts the credit sort of after that. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I, I thought it was quite smart. I, I enjoyed it for it was, and the, the message, I guess, quote unquote, message of the film, I think, is quite, uh, you know, uh, you know, we all learn something from the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we can learn a, a whole lot of stuff from this movie. Uh, yeah. All right, uh, Dylan, you checked out a new film that's about to release on Shutter this week, uh, Deadstream. Yeah, um, so I didn't know anything about this. All I knew, I clicked play, get the screener. So I clicked play last night um, on this movie, and I 
was like, oh, I start watching it for like 10 seconds. I was like, oh, okay, De- like judging off the title, judging off like the, the way the movie starts, I was like, okay, so it's like a fan footage movie. Okay, cool. Like strap in. And like at first I was like, man, this is going to be bad. <laughs> like the movie started and it's got like this dude, I was trying to find actor's name. So one of the directors and the main actor is called Joseph, uh, the actor's name is Joseph Winter, co-directed with, I don't know, like, I guess, I don't know if they're partners, sisters, but I don't know what goes, but Vanessa Winter's the other director. Um, but they're... He's like a disgraced YouTuber, basically, um, who like did he like did a stunt where he got a homeless man to fight him, and then like sent him to the hospital, and then everyone got really pissed off, and then like he lost all his sponsors, and then the movie is he's doing like a big stunt to uh, win back his fans. He's going to live stream it basically on twi- what you'd say is Twitch, but it's not Twitch or the equivalent of. Um, he's going to go stay a night in this really haunted house because that's what his, his biggest fear and he's going to do it. So he's live streaming it. And the first start of the movie is like him sort of walking around the house, like explaining like why it's haunted, but also sort of setting up these GoPros and um, all this sort of stuff. The way it's put together is like quite good. Um, but the, as the movie continued, I kept thinking like, I'm surprised how much I'm enjoying this considering when the movie started, I was like, fuck, this guy's annoying. I'm already <laughs> like, because the movie starts and I guess that's the point. Like he's supposed to be this really over the top, stupid, like annoying YouTuber sort of characterization. Um, but yeah, as things continue, the movie gets, I, it is a comedy horror. Like, but it does, I think the reason I liked it so much is because it actually gets both elements really well. Like it is both quite scary at times, like jump scary sort of stuff it relies heavily on while also being really funny because the, his commentary, like running around, he'll like go outside and like hear a bang and you'll just ah! <laughs> and, like, like run into a closet and stuff like that. He'll like try to talk to ghosts. I, I, I think the fact that he can have a character like this as the main person in the movie who's just so over the top and sort of obnoxious and it doesn't, it weirdly wasn't actually taking away from the tension. I was thinking like, as like a true sort of master stroke to weirdly hit a, a level where he's the, what that character isn't actually ruining the, the tension of the movie. Um, and then all the ghosts and stuff like that, that show up in the movie are all very practical and you can tell they're practical. And I'm not saying that in a, like a negative way. Like you can tell they're not CGI or like you can tell they're actually people with makeup and stuff on. And I love that because it, um, that's like a, a sense of just realism to it. Like it's just a dude running around a house for the majority of the movie, but I think it's only like an hour 20 something just shy of 90 minutes or whatever. But I, I actually think this is probably one of the better horror things I've watched all year in a, in a degree in a year where we've had a few decent things hit the cinema screen. Um, obviously. So, um, and in a, in a world where these found footage, sort of movies are either really really bad or okay most of the time bad to, to good i definitely feel like this is probably one of the better ones um up there for sure uh so i'd suggest yeah i'd suggest watching it it's it's kind of like i would say the horror comedy level is in line with like sam raimi it is at times very over the top sort of ridiculous um, but in a way that I feel like Sam Raimi would, uh, like 80 Sam Raimi would, uh, would appreciate. So if that sounds like something you'd pot- potentially like, then yeah, I feel like this would be up your alley. All right. Uh, swinging in a completely different direction. Uh, Dylan, you've been watching Pokemon, the Arceus Chronicles. Yeah. So I fin- finished that. It's, it was a movie, but on track, it makes you check in cause it's four. So this released on Amazon in Japan uh last year at some point and they released as four episodes and then when they done the english 
uh, version for it. They released it as a movie, which premiered at Pokemon Worlds and then came out on Netflix this past week. It's fine. Like, it's a in the scheme of, like, we have every now and then there's a good Pokemon movie and then there's a fine and bad. I wouldn't say it's bad. I'll put it in the fine category. But considering the movie, the last couple of movies prior to this, especially, like, Journey to whatever, I can't remember. But the last couple ones before that were, like, really good and beautiful animation and, like, that step up from the TV show. Because this was made as four separate things for Japan and then, like, edited together to just be one thing, it does it doesn't actually feel like a proper movie. It does, it does feel like four episodes edited together. It doesn't have that extra degree of um, animation that the movies usually get to, to take it that like slight step up from just being a, um, a an hour and a half episode of the show, which this just feels like an hour episode of the, the show and not like a good one in particular. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Dylan, what if I told you there was a new show starring Keegan-Michael Keel, Johnny Knoxville, and Judy Greer uh, from the creator of Modern Family? What did you think of that? I would say that that is a thing in which I saw the poster for, I think, <laughs> only a couple of weeks ago. And then I was like, wow, that's an interesting cast list. But yes, is that out? That is out. It's okay. Reboot, the new series from Stephen Lev- Levitan. Uh, it's Apple TV? It's on Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Uh, so it's set around. Uh, it's about the. It's about a reboot of a uh, made up early two thousand sitcom called Step Right Up, uh, that's being rebooted by. Uh, well, I'm going to slightly spoil the the first episode. It's being rebooted by the estranged daughter of the creator of the show. Uh, played by Rachel Bloom, who obviously who was created uh, crazy ex girlfriend. Um, she is rebooting the show. Uh, step right up. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, and you know, bringing back these cast of characters who you know uh, have gone on to do various different things. Maybe nothing, not necessarily hitting the same heights as Step Right Up. Um, but then her father comes in and, like, has to be co-showrunner uh, for the series because seeing he created the show. Uh, so, you know, it's a lot of clashing heads on different styles of making television. Uh, there's a certain episode where she's got her own writer's room of people, like, modern, the modern diverse cast of writers you would expect uh, you would hope for on a lot of shows. He's got uh, like twenty white dudes. No, it's like a bunch of young, uh, young diverse writers. But then no, he, it's like he, he he has like twenty white dudes or what? I mean, he brings in his old team of writers from the no. early two thousand. It was a bunch of old uh, people who t- talk in nothing but one line in uh, punchlines and that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of conflict or. You know, banter between those two groups and that kind of stuff. Uh, a lot of discussing what makes comedy and that kind of stuff. Uh, and then, you know, there's different interpersonal relationships and that kind of stuff. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. There's like four or five episodes available on Disney Plus right now. Um, four is what my... Four. Yeah, four said. episodes really so far. Uh, of course, new episodes coming weekly. Uh, it's a little bit meta. It's interesting because uh, the show is being rebooted on Hulu which would obviously be where the show is actually airing in America. The the show inside the show. Um, 
but yeah i'm really enjoying it so far so check out reboot on disney plus a show that you probably didn't hear about because there was barely any publicity for it. where did i see the as post i'm trying to maybe i saw it on twitter or something like it was only a couple weeks ago it could have had a banner on disney plus at one point while you're waiting for some dollar no it wasn't on the, it wasn't on the, it was on my phone so i de- definitely saw it like on twitter or something like that but yeah i was scrolling past and i saw this like i remember seeing like a, a post or something someone shared it maybe it was just like disney plus sharing or something but yeah i remember like scrolling yeah. past and just like my eye was like first i saw keegan michael k key and then i was like is that johnny knoxville <laughs> like, was, yeah johnny knoxville. Like, okay. not taking any hits okay. it's crazy. <laughs> crazy i mean he used to well i mean he's taking like he's an actor Pratt falls yeah yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh a couple of things that you've rewatched, I think. Uh you watched rewatched Zootopia. Fucking how good Zootopia. I haven't watched it since cinemas, I don't think. I think this is my third time watching it. Yeah. Watched it at cinema and then I watched it like I brought the Blue Rain it came out, and then I watched it this time. Maybe I watched it at some other point there. But um the yeah, it's really good. It's it's probably my favourite recent Disney movie, I would say last whatever 10 years maybe disney movies yeah and we all know i hate Pixar, so. yeah i don't know is it what else is there frozen it's all right frozen 2 is better um what else is there hit me um, you don't even know see you don't even care canto no nah, that's way better you wreck it rough no nah, this is way better than wreck it rough what are you talking about but it's funny I feel like Th- this one i'm missing this movie, if you can't, if you don't watch the sloth scene in this movie and don't lose your shit laughing every single time, I don't think you find anything funny. I think you don't have a funny bone. <laughs> when are those mini? Uh, when those mini episodes out? That's one I can't wait. That's what I need in my life. Mm. The Zootopia things. Remember, remember those? Soon-ish? I think they released that yet. They, said it was they just said yeah. soon. They just said soon. Fuckers. Yeah. Bitch, those drop randomly. Yeah. Uh, the other ones would be Big Hero Six. Yeah, no, I'm not the biggest fan. Like, I like Baymax, and I thought, I, I, like, again, I'm not saying any of these movies are bad, but yeah, I'm still saying Zootopia is better than, um, yeah. Right, right. It was right. In the last round. That'd be second. I'd put that just below Zootopia. Uh, and then Moana. Yeah, it's fine. No, Zootopia's number one. Okay. Don't you love Shakira? I mean, hits don't lie, baby. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we both did the same terrible joke. I mean, right, very good. <laughs> you, you can trust her because her hips are. Yeah, uh, you also water, rewatched Gattaca. No, I've never watched Gattaca. Really? Okay, I've no, never, never watched, watched it, Gattaca. So I just assumed you had. No, I've never watched it. Um, I really liked it. Uh, did I say liked it? Um, I really liked it. It was uh quite good. I um. I was also my my funny thing. I was like halfway into, half an hour into watching it, and I was like, "Wow, this is a movie that led to my hawk." So thank God for Gattaca, you know. Um, then, uh, but it's very good. Yeah. So for people who don't know, the plot is basically without spoilers. It's like set in the future, I guess, where this world, um, uh, like everything is like off your DNA. So they'll they'll basically test your DNA at birth, and then because of that, they'll they'll be like, "Ah, oh, yeah, you're gonna have like." anxiety problems and like your heart's going to give out so you basically yeah you, you won't be able to get jobs because of that like it's literally part of your like your id like you'll go for a job application you're like yeah yeah no nah, 
like from birth you're like either destined to fail or destined to succeed mm. um and ethan hawk's character really wants to fly a, a spaceship like be an astronaut at gattaca uh so he ends up striking up a deal with jude law's character who has like the perfect dna but was uh but accidentally had a uh i can't remember if what where they say and if it's spoiled or not but anyway he's in a wheelchair now so he can't um really do what he could do with all his like given god-given dna talent um so ethan hawk uses it like sort of steals it and comes up with a scheme with him to to use it um through all these tricky means and to to become jude law to get into gattaca so uh, but then shit starts going wrong and then uma thurman always also works there as, uh at gattaca this other character that ethan ethan hawk stri- uh, ethan hawk's character stri- strikes a relationship up with um but yeah it's really good as uh some of the especially for a movie like that's you know from the 90s i thought it held up like really really well like doesn't have that too much special effects i guess is the thing that sort of helps it spaceships look shit flying off in the background at, at times like cgi but otherwise like it's it's mostly just you know shitty little computer screens where they're, they're tighten their zeros and ones and it's been very futuristic but yeah no i, I quite enjoyed Gaka. all right uh well let's move into the mandatory netflix segment of the show uh dylan you watched the one of the other most talked about movies the last week uh blonde I did. Um, yes, definitely has been a hot Twitter point, uh, discussion point. Um, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll put it simply. So it is, it is probably one of the best looking, best acted, just bad movies I've watched. I think like <laughs> it's, it is got this wonderful performance by, um, Anna Diamas as uh, Marilyn Monroe, but she goes like oh, I think she's just credited as Marilyn's like her real name, whatever it was. I can't fucking remember. Norma what it was Jean. Norma Jean, yeah. Um, but yeah, she's Marilyn Monroe. It's and there's all these other people that give these great performances, and it's shot beautifully. Like the cinematography is just next level. But it is just fucking. It is. I just don't know the point. I don't get the point. I don't. I. I really don't get the the idea of the movie, other than being like, man, her life was like she had some really shitty things happen to her. To, to which point, like she did. But also, when you look into some of the things that the movie does, you're like, well, there's actually no basis to that. So you like you're just making that part up. But like, to what degree? Like, why? Like, and I can't even really say without spoilers. But there's especially when it comes to like certain like I don't know. There's, there's like a scene with a president who there was rumors that she had a relationship with John F. Kennedy. Uh, <laughs> um, and they have a scene where he basically forces her to go like, you know, suck his dick. I mean, let's, I'll just put it one you know, way. But pre- she- <laughs> Precursor to Bill Clinton, I suppose. Yeah. But it's just, like, and there's other scenes too where I'm like, okay, so you're like, you're like, we're reading into this whole thing where maybe she did have a like relationship with him, but now like we're, we're making it like negative for some weird reason in a film that already has so many like bad things. Like they, the movie starts and deals with her childhood trauma, which is the main thing that's, you could already, like, she already had this like terrible sort of childhood where her mum um, needed to 
be putting in put in a um like get psychiatric help i guess and like be put in the hospital and everything mm. and um she like was in and out of uh foster homes and stuff like that as a kid so she she had like this very like hard time growing up and then the movie just proceeds to just make everything worse and worse and worse when i'm like i don't feel like you needed to like you already had like such a a grounding as to explain why Marilyn Monroe, Norma Jean has this want to escape into movie making. Like, like that's the thing I don't really get. Like other than trying to be different for the sake of being different, I don't, I don't don't really get like, and the movie is like just obsessed, I guess. Like I don't feel, I really don't feel like in the nearly three hour runtime, there's in particular, like any scene really where she's happy which is weird, but it's like a, it's a real focus on the negative, which I don't want to say is like in particular a bad thing. It's just a degree of like, I'm like, you already had such a basis for like a childhood trauma. I don't know why we've got all this other stuff that they pile on that is based in like, a, a, yeah, rumors or like slight fact or slight, you know, like a little bit of fiction, all this other sort of stuff. But, and there's also the, the way the film's put together. So it's not told like, in a linear fashion it just sort of jumps around and it's like every scene just sort of connects in a way that if you have no idea who marilyn monroe is i don't know if you could get if you could watch this movie at all because it does little to basically no explaining of like anything like suddenly she's a kid now she's now she's in movies now we're now we've got your flashback to this other scene hey if you don't know who fucking charlie chaplin's kid is you don't know who this character is if you don't know that at some stage she dated a like i know i don't even know his name but i knew she i knew i knew the the few people she'd been married to like because i've read about marilyn monroe before because she's one of the biggest fucking movie stars of all time so i feel like mm-hmm. like at some stage you just pull up a wikipedia page but the like i knew she dated like this big time movie uh sorry big time ex-football player so the degree that that dude shows up i'm like okay so this is that dude whatever like but they don't do like that's what i'm saying like i, I just don't know how you watch i really don't know how you could watch this without any of the the background yourself it's very um reliant on you knowing who she is and who the other people in her in her life was but yeah i mean the movie finished and like i don't really feel like it's a spoiler to say it goes right up until her death and like that's the the movie like her death and yeah the credits start rolling and i was like i don't know what the fucking point of this movie was like i was just i i, I have no idea i wasn't i wasn't angry i wasn't sad i wasn't happy like i was just i was like empty and i feel like maybe the point maybe not, i feel like the movie is supposed to make me feel sad at the end but i was just like confused <laughs> like i was just very confused i don't know what the I don't know what I got out of it. So, um, yeah, put me on the side of history that says this isn't a particularly good movie. Very well-made movie. Just just not not good one. I don't think it's a good movie. Um, and just to clarify, I do like all of Andrew's other movies. So, like, like Assassination of Jesse James, like Chopper. I haven't watched Killing Them Softly. That's still what I need to watch. But, like, I know there's people who don't like those movies. So, look, it's not that I don't like his style. Don't like, his like style, I like yeah. it. I like his other movies. I just don't. And like, I really loved Assassination Jesse James. And I, a lot of people, including my dad, reckon that's one of the most boring movies I've ever watched. But <laughs> I really like that movie. So, yeah. I don't know. Anyway. All right. Let's talk about a movie that I at least liked. Uh, Do Revenge. New movie starring Camila uh, Mendez from Riverdale and Maya Hawke from Stranger Things. 
uh, in which they team up to get revenge on the people who wronged them. Um, really enjoyable uh, story, you know, even though, you know, the grammar of the title is not great, um, you know, just a fun it's, high school It's also story. part of the, the movie's joke where she yeah, says, the, like, is that even proper grammar? <laughs> yeah, it's great. Just just a very witty, fun movie um, with, you know, those two kind of steal the show with their leading performances, but it's got a great ensemble cast of all these young actors who people would probably know from various different teen stuff across the board. It's kind of this weird all-star cast. Um, but yeah, it's just a really interesting story, um, that kind of doesn't go in directions you think it's going to end up going. There's a major twist, like, two-thirds in, that is, like, was, was, made, shocked me and made me disappointed because I was enjoying the direction it was going, like, the friendship that was forming at that time, uh, and then, you know, uh, but yeah, it all comes together in such a perfect way and i think it's like this i think it might be one of the better netflix movies we've seen so far this year uh tell what do you think no i agree i really enjoyed it it was um it's like uh it's probably the first time i feel like since um um fucking <laughs> oh it's all the boys i love that i've watched like a teen uh teen direction focused i guess netflix thing that's actually quite good um, cause all the sequels to that we're pretty shit. And I think I'm like, I've watched any other teen focus mm. movies, not TV series, um, that Netflix has done that I, f- I feel like it was quite good. It's very funny. The only, the only thing negative I'll say is that I feel like it, uh, at nearly two hours, it's a bit long. Like it drags a bit. I feel like it could have potentially be sharpened up a little bit. There was a point there in the middle where I was like mm. pacing around when the twist happens, sort of slows things down for a little bit there. The pacing I feel goes off. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's, it's very good, a lot of fun. Um, it sort of lives like all these really good teen movies to uh, at some stage. Like it just lives in its own fancy world. Like if you ever try to think about like anything that's happening in this movie, none of it really makes much sense. It's you got these people going to like tennis club school things, driving around. Everyone's rich. They have got these big mansion houses. Well, just I mean, that's parties. the thing that you, you, it, everybody's rich. That's the thing. You never see any parents. You never see any adults other than the pr- uh, principal. Um, yeah. Played by Sarah Michelle Gellar, who the girls, yeah, played by Sarah you know, adore and would yeah. want to be stepped on by. Yeah. There's no other adults in the movie other than her. You never see a single parent. Yeah. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> You're trying to think. I'm like, you don't. I'm telling you, you don't. I- I'm probably... Uh- think there might be like a couple there's like a scene where um what's mccall's characters like um maya hawk like sings out to her mum or the parent or something in another room it was like what about this or something like that but you never see them like you hear them like they talk about parents but yeah the movie just lives in its own little fancy yeah. world which is fine and and like to the degree that again and maybe this is just me being outlandish i'm like also the fashion in this movie i'm like don't know if this is realistic I've never seen, I don't, again, you're living in this heightened teenage yeah. world where, like, the the fashion sense combined with the- Where this school the uniform fact- is the most impressive looking piece of out clothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, yeah, it is. But, I mean, that's fine. That's, I'm, I'm not saying this as a negative thing. It's just, it, the, in yeah. fact, when you make a movie that lives in this, like, heightened reality for, for something like this, it sort of works. Like, the fact that 
they have this like whole farm area for a school where fucking massive area that I can't, I don't want to say things to spoilers, but the characters do it like a whole area where they're growing something there. Like, Teachers, yeah, one of adult security guard. I just remember that you yeah. do see another adult security guard. Told I think you. It's two. two. At least two. Um, two. <laughs> <laughs> Not even lines, but yeah, two. Um, three. There's a uh, secretary at the rehab clinic where Sophie yeah, Turner that was is. Where which, I was by the way, shout out to Sophie Turner. It's quite funny in this. Very funny. She's very funny. That second, when she's getting uh, pulled away at the start of the movie and just screaming uh, and whatever else, I was like, I don't even know what it looks like. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. No, I I definitely enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun, I thought. A lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, I watched the, what was was the stupid thing called? Uh, Bling Ring, Hollywood Heist. So this is the. I watched two episodes of this, but I don't think I checked into it. Or maybe I did. Okay, I, I know. Yeah. So you do the first one. So this is a yeah. documentary series about the actual people who did the Hol- the Hollywood heists, where they would break into celebrities' houses and like steal cash and clothes and designer stuff. Have um, you watched Bling Ring? I'm gonna say you haven't, right? I have not watched the Bling Ring. Yeah, okay. So the major point they have the the major thing is like they're like the Bling Ring is not an accurate accurate retelling of these events. <laughs> Very inaccurate. Because the ring- While, the, while both the what, real people in this argue with one another over what is accurate, and then you wonder how a movie based on their story turned out inaccurate, when the two people in this can't even get their fucking story well, straight. Well, I mean, so. <laughs> they can both agree that Emma Watson's character was not the ringleader of the, the bling ring. I don't think they made the her- was. I don't think they made Well, they her made her, like, the f- main focus or whatever. They made her the main focus, but they still have um, Katie or whatever her name is as the, the instigator, so- Yes, so, I mean, it's interesting, just because, you know, this is a weird, like, true crime kind of thing. Um, They do get, like, I think, of the celebrities, they only got, like, Adriana Partridge, who was on the hills, to talk about it, Uh, how, like, it kind of, how having her self-robbed kind of affected her and that kind of stuff, Uh, but it's definitely told from the perspective of these two uh criminals effectively uh and like their thought process and like uh you know why they went about it how they went about it um it's interesting because one of them uh uh is it alexis yeah alexis she's in the process of getting a reality tv show made about her like as the heists are going on and the news break like she like one of the first episodes they filmed of their reality TV show, she's getting arrested. Uh, and then, you know, I think probably the more interesting part of this is like the story around the court case and the reality TV show being filmed at the same time. You've got the producers of the reality TV show being interviewed, and really, they're like kind of the biggest villains of this entire thing. It's fucking, fucking wild. Like, they're like, yeah, it made for freaking awesome television. I was going to say this must so be in the good. third. This must be in the third episode that I watched it. No, just the house mug and like they they don't. There's no concern about like anything. Yeah, because they in the I think they've shown up in the second episode. Maybe like had a quick line about how they when they're talking about doing the show, but the she hasn't like the third episode. They haven't got arrested yet, so or anything. So the third episode, yeah, yeah, just the the way the <laughs> there's some crazy stuff. Like their lawyer is like super into being. He's like. They ask they ask her lawyer to, like, kind of be in on the reality television like scriptedness of it. He's like, 
super on board with doing it. And then it's, but he's part of a pair of their lawyers, and the other's lawyer's like, what, this guy? What was he doing? What was he thinking? It's quite amusing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what did you think of what you've seen so far? I'm, I think it's okay. I don't... I feel like because, obviously, it has two of the main... Well, not even really. Like, Alexis did one, one of did the... one crime. Said, she did one of the crimes. Not to say, like, stealing is fine, but she did one of the crimes. Um, so, because it has two of those people involved, obviously, it just feels a bit like... I don't know. Like, I don't really know. Like, it's interesting enough to watch, I feel, just because I am enjoying watching it, I guess. But at the same time, like, I don't really know. Like, I feel like a, a documentary, like... And to a degree, it does touch on it because the the whole point of this is like they were so obsessed with celebrity culture that um and they just wanted, especially the, the 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 first two. It is Katie, right? The main girl, I think it's like Katie or whatever, the one who's not in this. Rachel, like the, I want to say, was it Rachel? Was it Rachel? Okay, Rachel. Uh, where the fuck am I getting Katie from? Right, Ra- uh, Rachel and um, what's the guy's name? Nick. Rachel and Nick are the ones who like do it all. Um, but they're like so obsessed with this like celebrity culture, especially Rachel, that they want to like steal all this stuff and they think it's perfectly fine and how they use um the internet at the time just to track when celebrities are gonna be out and about and um like I feel like that the sh- this documentary does touch on this the celebrity and like how obsessed obs- how big a recession it was in the early two thousands. You know, like they've got Perez Hilton in here, um doing some talking as well so who was obviously a big part of that and sort of like the the prelude to shit like tmz and whatever else which is still like a thing now but i don't feel like even the these days i don't feel like tmz is anywhere nearly 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 as popular as it was when like i was in high school or anything like that um but yeah so it's it's fine i i think it's a very interesting just story um of all it's like and it's like i have watched the bling ring and i i think it's like a decent movie it's it's fun enough like it's got some fun performances and stuff like that that happens in it um i i I think it's definitely worth watching it's fun but the um but yeah that's just the whole point like i feel like a different documentary without having the people who did it involved (laughs) uh like just diving a bit more into that focus around like the celebrity uh obsession would be a bit more interesting than this um and there is a degree of like Alexis is sitting here talking for like two episodes before she even like her one big crime happens. <laughs> like she's just sitting around, you know, like telling your whole backstory and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, like, and she sort of, she was prominent on the news. Cause like she had this, the, the, the rehab, the, the reality show. show. And she was like a bit more of the famous ones or whatever. So that's sort of why I guess she became prominent. But like in the scheme of things, it's just weird watching this happen. Like she, her and, She's doing her talking heads all this time. They're giving so much backstory to her and her mom and the yeah, sisters and, and all this something. sort of stuff. <laughs> and she does like one thing. I'm like, all right, cool story. Right. Yep. To which uh, then she, she also says like, I did one thing, but I got taken there. I didn't really. That's what's, it's so funny. Like the amount of times where I didn't even realize I was so high in coke. I didn't realize. And then Nick's like, she knew everything and all the, you know, like yeah, all this. So like much bickering between the two. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It makes me question how they filmed it. Definitely totally separate. I guess maybe they're or, saying- Are they like, what they're saying scripted? Or I feel like maybe they're saying like, hey, well, Nick said this or something, and that's why you get shots of Alexis being like- Yeah, but then well, how did- Yeah, yeah but it seems like they both say- Yeah, maybe they filmed like different know. parts at different times. That's true. Um, the only other thing I'll say that's that does stand out about it is watching, I guess, the, the benefit of the Alexis stuff, um, comp- if you completely take away this su- supposed to be a documentary at the Bling Ring, 
like her story is like interesting enough on its own, but all it makes me think is like her mum is fucked up. Yeah, horrible. Person. Oh yeah, she's t- she is like the like really. Alexis had like sort. She doesn't. Maybe she doesn't realize. I don't know. But they definitely don't touch it. But I'm listening to her like, and she's talking about childhood, and her mum's basically like pros- nearly prostituting her fucking daughter at like 16, 17, basically. And I'm like listening to her and be like, you've actually had like a rather traumatic like childhood, teenage mm-hmm. years here that you you've gone through. Whatever else we don't even know about. No wonder you did like started doing fucking drugs and whatever. You know, to to a degree, I start. I definitely feel sorry for her more than Nick, who just sounds. Like super cocky and happy, he's yep. got off basically scot free. So, yeah. I feel like the way she talks, she's grown up, and I googled her, and it like she was married recently. She just recently like got divorced, yep. which is fine, but she's got like so she's been married and she's got kids and whatever else. And the way she talks, she like about celebrity culture and this and all these other things. It sounds like she's grown up, um, and whereas Nick still sounds like he's totally obsessed with it. Is how I would read between mm. the lines. Right. Uh, and then you also watched another thing that was very highly talked about. Did I? Dharma. Dharma. Oh, right. Yeah. True. Hey. Um. Yeah. So this is interesting. This is this has brought up the whole discussion again about like, fucking, you know, is it okay to make shows about serial killers and whatever else? So I think this is a very good show. I'll put that out there right now. I think it's a very well written. I think it's very well acted. Um. You've got this. F- Fucking insane performance by um, fuck, what's his name? Peter, Evan Peters. Evan Peters. Oh yeah. Look, and Evan Peters is whenever he wants to play a the thing. Like obviously he's in all those seasons of American Horror Story and whatever else. Like he's 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 sort of got the the weird dude Creepy thing dude down. down. He's got it down. But this is on a next level, and um, I think it's very very creepy. I <laughs> if you haven't watched it. I would say that before going online and screaming, screaming about like glamorization of serial killers and stuff, that is something I've, so I've watched these series in the past and even documentaries and stuff. And I've been critical of stuff where I felt like, um, what was the one I watched? The Ted Bundy documentary. I think like the, where I was like, this felt like a bit glamorization of him rather than um, just a proper documentary. I don't get any of that glamorization of, um, him, him in any of these episodes the the series very much tries to again like obviously he's the main character but it doesn't make out like at all like he deserves any sympathy and it focuses as uh, focuses as, focuses a lot on the victims the family of the victims um tries to tell their story and like why like there's you'll do episodes where it starts with one of his victims explains like it'll show them having such a great you know like so you can see like what it like their life was and um this like one of them who i can't remember the name sorry but like had this like you know potentially going to be like this he was a um he was a deaf model i guess yeah like he was he had this like he wanted to be a model he's deaf and you know his family's like he can't do it and like a lot of the episode focuses like half an episode just focuses on him the episode just starts and you get to see everything and then of course he meets fucking um Jeffrey Dahmer in a club like halfway through the episode and you know exactly what's going to happen at that point so the it does a very good job of showing just like how many like lives he ruined um by what he he did I don't I don't feel like it it undercuts the like their stories now this whole uh, yeah I don't know what, what what's your thoughts on the whole because that's the thing I keep seeing come up where it's like 
the victims' families didn't want this to happen and all the stuff, which I get. Like, and I wouldn't expect them to watch it, but at the same time, yeah. I'm going to say I, fo- I fall firmly on the side of if something's a real life story, as even if it's as fucked up as this, and like it sounds mean to say, but there is a degree of if it's a real life story, people. I mean, it's news. You know what I mean? Like, they, like I, yeah. it sounds horrible, but like, I mean, we don't get upset when you know they make a movie about. Uh, you know, some shady executive being a shit person. You know, you don't see the pharmaceutical companies who did the terrible things in Dope Seek being upset that they made a movie about them being caught yeah. from doing being terrible criminals. Or uh, how about all the families who lost and had family members die because of that drug? And yeah, you, know, you shouldn't have made Dope Seek because it's really upsetting for them. Um, and it's like, well, maybe it is upsetting for some of them. Don't watch it. Yeah. Like, I'm not I saying mean, you have to yeah. watch it. It's, it's, <laughs> like, it sounds it's, mean. It's hard because obviously once it's made, it's like, especially nowadays with major TV shows, obviously it just floods the online and it's, it's all people talk about. It's hard to, like, yeah. uh, keep away from. It's all, it's all it's, about intent to me. Like, intent. And, like, the the as I said, like, that, does this glamorize, does it, if you're doing a story about a serial killer, are you glamorizing the serial killer? Um, and if yes, then I'm going to say that's. I'm usually going to watch something like that and go, no, I don't think that was good. Um, whereas this, I'm, I don't think it does, and I think it is good. So that's you know, like, yeah, I, and I watch know. a fair, I, think, I watch a lot of these <laughs> serial killer things. Yeah, so. I don't. I, it's hard because you know, there's obviously it's, it's just generally conflicted because it's like you don't want to restrict what artists and creators can do, uh, but on the other hand, you know, you don't want to. Uh, you you don't want to go out of your way and it hurt, you know, the victims and that kind of stuff. Did they really need to do it now while the little victims are still alive? I don't know if that's necessarily necessary. Because the the other thing is that the the by the time I finished watching the show, it does a very like it sort of makes a big part of its message around like corruption in police departments and stuff like that, which like and how mm. because or and racism like is other thing. So you could be like, well, why do they need to make it down? I, I would say that even though it's about a serial killer, the reason he's not caught, um, and then like part of his the trial case is still uh, relevant themes for today. Like the that there is these elements of well, no, it's elements of homophobia racism and um i guess classism that lead to his um lead to him not getting caught years and years prior like uh all of these things add up one top of each uh, on top of each other and become a big part of the crime case and the series does i feel does a good job at highlighting those themes and what as to why those elements like there's even a part where the cops who um, there's a scene where he like drugs a like 17 year old kid and I don't know if you've read about this like he the yep. kid manages to escape and then the cops bring him back up so the thing is those cops and they show it in the series they they get put off like I think it's like a month or something no pay um, and then they come back but the series makes sure to have a scene when they come back they walk in everyone's cheering you know, Sorry, yay, so yeah. glad you're back. And then they do a speech about how great it was to have a station stand by them through these really hard times. And, you know, like you're very much watching this and you're meant to feel like I was feeling like these fucking pieces of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I, like it doesn't skip out on those scenes. Like it definitely paints villains. Um, like it definitely paints Jeffrey as a villain, but it also paints other villains as to why Jeffrey wasn't caught earlier. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's... Definitely a tricky one, and probably one that will constantly—it's—it's it's a line that is constantly blurred. Um, 
yeah, I just feel like it's hard because yeah, if you, it's 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 super simple to say if you don't like it, don't watch it, and like, um, but yeah. Do we no, really I, need I, to be keep no, making movies about stuff about serial killers, uh, real life serial killers? I don't know. I know we always have is the thing, and there's always yeah. a. I just feel like it, yeah, as I said, I, I just feel like it's intent. Like, what's the point? And if the if the I feel like the point of this was to highlight these these elements of the case that maybe haven't been in other things, like the the yeah. the, the, the homophobic stuff from the cops, the racism and the classism i feel like this this show was made to highlight those elements which makes sense coming from ryan murphy one of the show's creators someone who highlights all that sort of stuff and like thematically in a lot of his other series and i mean the directors of this show unless i'm wrong i'm pretty sure i think it's like i mean one two three i think it's like four or five directors in the show and i think all of them bar i think it's one white woman directs a couple episodes and then it's like three black like a bunch mm. of people of color like it's not um like i feel like the show from a production point was made purposely to sort of you know put the story yeah. in the hands of the the people he targeted i guess you know what i mean like yeah mostly. It, yeah it's yeah. definitely interesting into there <laughs> you saw the story like it, they removed the lgbtq tag from the show so yeah which is fair it's definitely it's not something you should be watching if you want i mean <laughs> it's yeah. But, you know, they are... Uh, he was... Yeah, yeah. It does he have was, those characters in there. I mean, he was gay, a, but... It's not... Um, what, so you're only wondering when it's the good stuff? Is that what it's, you know? I just feel like... Yeah, it's a... Maybe don't, like, tag a show that's <laughs> going to be very tra- traumatizing for people who are potentially looking for... Yeah, I don't know. In a world where people are still getting traumatized. You know, I don't know. It's hard to... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a hard very- topic. I do, I definitely feel like I, I I'm open for reading old people's. I've read like a bunch of different people's thoughts and stuff like that, which I'm fine with. And if people agree with me, uh, disagree with me, that's fine. The only thing that I've been annoyed with is just the the very straight like either direction, like fuck you, you're wrong, or fuck you, I'm right, sort of attitude for this. Because yeah. I like I feel like this is the it's it's definitely a topic of conversation where there's just too much nuance to it that at some point some people are going to be like this is how i feel and look i just won't agree with you and walk away because it's one of those topics where i've mm. seen people arguing about it blue like to the blue and i'm like like it's, it's not worth fine it. <laughs> you just don't agree but i don't feel like like if someone doesn't agree with how i feel about it i don't feel like like i'm entirely right to the point that i wouldn't like i understand if people are like this is fucked up we shouldn't like the you know this affects the families and we shouldn't be making shows about serial killers and i'm like look i understand everything you're saying i don't agree because of my own reasons, but like, not to the point that I feel like you're, what you're saying is entirely wrong. You know what I mean? Like, it's just one yeah. of those topics that I feel like it's just... It's, it's a massive gray area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, that's everything I watched history. Let's move into some film news. Dylan, It's it, we've recorded for like an hour. How have we not yet talked about Community finally coming back? Six is the movie, baby. It's a thing. It's, it's real. Uh, they just announced that you know it's coming to Peacock, which is a little bit disappointing. Uh, but yes, Peacock has <laughs> ordered a movie based on Dan Harmon's comedy Community, bringing back the original stars: John McHale, Dana Pewdie, Alison Brie, Jillian Jacobs, Jim Brash, and Ken Jeong to check in what the gang's been from Greendale has been up to since the show ended in 2015. Dylan, can this actually be good? Six seasons of movie. Um, yeah, I expect it to be good. I see no reason. You know why? 
You know who's going to direct it? Who? Take one guess. Tell you what, they've been a little bit busy lately over there in the Marvel world. But baby, they're back! This is all conjecture, and I actually don't know if this is true or not. No, the Russo's not going to be true. Okay. Damn it! There, there is currently no director attached. Fuck! Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's exciting. Obviously, you know, the internet blew up for fanfare and very excited because all the actors were... De- Teasing it with various clips from community. Uh, yeah, the news broke. Uh, there is currently no confirmation if Yvette Nicole Brown or uh, Donald Glover will be back. Both who have I feel like they the just haven't locked them in, and I would say they're going to be in They're going to be fun cameos or something like that. Yeah, they're not maybe, not, they're maybe not their 100%, star. but yeah. Well, you know, peer, people are theorizing that the movie is going to be about them trying to save uh, Troy and LeVar Burton from Pirates. So we can only hope. <laughs> what about Chevy Chase? You know, that's a big question. <laughs> he died, so I mean, okay, that's fair. Yeah, the Pierce died, not yeah, Chevy Pierce Chase. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah, good point. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is very exciting. You know, it's a you know, the prophecies finally come true. Uh, it does really mean ten it, it coming to Peacock does mean it is not you know probably going to be seen in cinemas, which is kind of disappointing. But that's how they got away. Also, probably maybe for the best. <laughs> you know what I mean? We'd, if this had to go to cinemas to get made, it would never have got made. So, yeah. Uh, although they said there was a little bit of a bidding war, so I mean, you know, whoa, maybe some, maybe maybe somebody could have brought a cinema. Uh, but yeah, this is crazy. Good timing because you know the actors are obviously getting a, a lot older. Alison Brie doesn't look like any as much anymore. More well, uh, rude. She's just matured, that's all. You know, she's not... Anyway. uh, (laughs) Yeah, so look forward to that uh, sometime. How about Annie's boobs? I don't know. I I think he might have died. That was the story, wasn't it? Was it? Annie's boobs died. I don't know. I was just trying to make a joke and then be like, ah, guys, we're talking about the monkey, you fools. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's a a couple of people who will not be definitely coming back. Sorry to take it as super, this good news in a super dark direction. Wow. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, The again, the show that nobody believed in, they made a dumb joke about the in reference of Six Seasons a movie is a reference about the show The Cape, which only lasted like four episodes. Mm-hmm. This community has made The Cape a relevant show uh, several years on. Mm-hmm. Even though nobody probably knows what the cape is. No, no, I didn't know. I thought it was a fake show that they made up in community. No, it was a real show. Is Starts it really? Stuck my glass. in it. I know. I've spent all my years just thinking this was a fake show in community. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize yeah. it was a real show. We should track down when the first episode of the cape and watch that. Okay. Yeah, no, I totally thought it was just a fake show. All right. Uh,. So this week we got a bunch of like doozers of new projects and different franchises uh, coming up. Uh, so let's start with this one. Another American Pie is in the work. This one is being penned by insecure actor and definition please filmmaker Shunta Day. The multi-hyphenate is set to develop and write a new installment of the long-running sex comedy franchise for Universal 1440 
1440 Entertainment, a branch arm of Universal Films Entertainment Group. Plot and details are yet to be revealed, but the story is based on her original pitch and described as a fresh take. The original film, written by Adam Hertz and directed by Paul Weitz, grossed more than $235 million worldwide and spawned three sequels with the core cast, as well as a spin-off franchise, American Pie Presents, with five films so far from Universal's home entertainment division. Dylan, is it American Pie a franchise that could work in 2022? Um, I'll say yes and no. There's that, like In a world where we've got um, uh, blockers and, you know, um, Booksmart and whatever else, like there's, you can do teen movies sex comedies, still, yeah. sex comedies still. Um, you could definitely not do a sex comedy that was 90s American Pie. Uh, it just won't work anymore. As someone who loved those movies growing up, like yep. they're you know, it just ain't gonna work. So um, you could still do Stifler to a degree. I definitely don't feel like I see. You just can't be a heroic figure like you was. Yeah, you, like people are like you can't Stifler would work. I'm like you could you could definitely make a character like Stifler. You just require a little bit of reworking there to make him sort of relevant and actually funny. But mm. yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. I I, I would say it's. It's not a definite no. Like we've, as the same, we've seen examples where these things work. So, yeah, maybe. I mean, having a female lead um, or creator like helps instantly makes it have a feel fresh and different. Like if it's yeah. a female led American Pie, that would be interesting. Even know? when, although, even how when does the pie work? Even when Wedding came out, I was like, I remember watching it in cinemas and being like mm. so excited to go watch it. Um, because I used to watch all the American Pie movies before I was like old enough to watch them, like before I was fifteen, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and when that came out, I was old enough to go watch it in cinema by myself. And even when I went and watched that, I was like, "This isn't as funny." <laughs> like so. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we've gotten fresh news about the next Planet of the Apes movie. Uh, the movie is officially titled Kingdom Rise of, of the Dark Knight. Well, sorry, go again. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, and as presumably as and as has previously been reported, will be directed by Wes Ball, who did the Maze Runner series, uh, with production set to get underway next month. Joining the previously uh, announced old Teague on screen will be Freya Allen and Peter Macon. Uh, as for what we can expect from the story, things are pretty vague, but 20th Century Studios did release a logline of sorts, which states, this film starts an all-new chapter in the Planet of the Apes saga, picking up many years after the conclusion of 2017's War for the Planet of the Apes. So it seems that they will be seeing the continuity of the most recent trilogy, which itself is telling. Uh, Dylan, what did you think? Of, what do you think of Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes continuing from uh, the Matt Reeves and well, of the I guess trying to think of a encompassing <laughs> word for those films. <laughs> what was the name of the lead in the, the, the first one? character? Oh, um, Caesar. Yeah, the Caesar, Caesar trilogy. trilogy. Yeah, yeah. that works. Caesar trilogy. Um, yeah, like I, I think it's fine to continue that that franchise. The only thing is, I just like I'm like because where the third one ends, it just catches us up to where the original one started. Basically, you, you sort of know well, not exactly, but you know where the story's going. So I'm sure stuff could happen in between. Like it's potentially hundreds of years. I like you know where the original Planet of the Apes. They said it was like hundreds of years. So. Um, like still I don't know well if that's it's still well before I don't know if that's the direction we're sort of going, but yeah, as a as a franchise, I definitely feel like there's plenty of room here to continue um, a story, even if they 
I don't know if they rework the original movie's plot into into this. I would wouldn't be against it. It just I would be against it if they do the exact same story. Like you monsters. Like I I don't need like this whole fucking empire statue of liberty scene. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I really liked the three original films of the Caesar trilogy, especially the second one. I think is like phenomenal. The third one's great. Fine. The first one's good. But yeah, the yeah. the second one's a fucking old timer. So absolutely. So uh, yeah, I think you know it sounds good. It's interesting that continuing. I guess it makes sense because obviously those that trilogy is very well regarded at least critically. Um, I don't know financially how well it did, but uh, it makes sense that they would want to continue it in some sort of way. Um, you know, it's cool, like a new, fresh set of characters. Um, you can have some of the same characters, you know, I guess, depending on how I far guess. ahead it is. Like the yeah, but I don't think we're going to see Caesar and like the no, you're not going to see Caesar because really Caesar know. dies at the end. But like his mate, the, the big, the big baboon. Also, I couldn't remember whatever yeah. his name <laughs> is. Um, he, um, you couldn't remember. I don't think it's a spoiler. Yeah. Not if you're aware, but the movie came out like three, four years ago. Um, it came out five years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. His mate. I can't remember the fucking. I mean, hold on. Where are the yeah. kind of apes? This character though is like connected to the original ones. Like, it's the, the same character turns up. Is actually Doctor Zayas. Yeah. Maurice. Maurice. Sorry. Yes. Maurice. So Maurice could still be in this. There you go. Where's the could connected be. favorite? I mean, yeah. I mean, it looks like the concept art that they've put out so far. It's. It looks like it's going to be like a very, you know, obviously human civilization has died, nature's kind of taking over kind of thing uh, that we've seen in like a lot of other properties. But, uh, you know, I think I'm keen to see more apes. <laughs> obviously, the takes come along a little bit more, so the apes are going to look even more impressive. Um, yeah, give us more, more of that world. Very exciting. Uh, this is an interesting one. Apparently, Tarzan. The classic pulp hero created by Edgar Rice Burroughs may be headed to the screen once again. Sony Pictures have picked up the screen rights of the character from Burroughs' state uh, and is seeking to do a total reinvention of the character and intellectual property. Uh, no filmmaker or producer attached to the studio looks for a top-down reimagining of the eight-man of audiences in this time and space of the 21st century. Uh, Dylan, can Tarzan work in 2021? 2020 um, well it can work in 2022 that's probably the that, option obviously when did the, alexander scars film come out like three four years ago and i haven't watched came it out 2016 but, okay yeah so i didn't watch that Which i know. thought it booked average and that's yeah, why it I didn't, didn't make a lot of money um yeah. i think people have said it was mismarketed like at the wrong kind of audience it was marketed it was, as like a kind of an action movie where it's very much more of a, a romance movie yeah really. that's what yeah i think that was what the yeah um so yeah i don't know can tarzan work sure you know it's a very basic story i guess it just depends the thing about tarzan part of the is- reason lies in changes in more this book has uh, the books are scrutinized for ideas of colonialism white savior and racial and gender stereotypes that are widely accepted were widely accepted in the 20th century and we're not in the current country yeah 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 that's fair yeah. so how do you fix it I don't know, like even, but like the thing is, like if he said it during, if he still said it during the fifties or whatever the fuck year it is, like I don't remember, but like if he said it back in the eighteen seventy ones, the you can do the colonialism stuff. It just depends if you actually 
make it out as a like positive. <laughs> like, the, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a difference between mm. like you're just making a period piece movie and this is a thing that's happening compared to when you make it like in every like and you're endorsing just, it. Yeah, you can you can get a feeling from the movie like this is a this is a good thing. Like, isn't it coming in this doing this stuff? So, um, why did we go away from this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why did we ever change? Um. And yeah, the white savior thing, I, I think, is a totally fair criticism. So yeah, there, there's definitely like elements of that doesn't hold up. So I, I don't know. Like, will Tarzan work in the year 2020, 2025, whenever it comes out? I don't know. Maybe. I don't really know. I don't really care, to be honest. Tarzan's not yeah. like a character. I'm, you know, the only character I care about is George of the Jungle. So. Yeah, when's the coming back? <laughs> George, George, George of the Jungle. Watch out for what that tree. Ah! Like, that's what it. I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i've also got no interest in tarzan i mean you've got george of the jungle you've got the uh, animated movie do you really need any more uh yeah it's it you know hopefully they didn't spend too much money getting the rights <laughs> although interesting like warner brothers kind of just dropped the rights after you know the last movie they're like no we're good would you invest no of course don't get ahead of us okay. uh Cloverfield sequel is in the works. Paramount Pluck Pictures has a new Cloverfield movie Spoilers. in active development with Babek Anvery attached to direct the next installment of the Hopfield franchise. Joe Barton was earlier brought on board by J.J. Abrams of Paramount Pictures to pen the screenplay for the sequel. Uh, Abrams' bad robot production banner is producing the franchise sequel with Hannah Minkella and John Cohen. Uh, British Iranian director Anvery uh, followed up his debut feature Under the Shadow with Wounds, a psychological horror film with Army Hammer. Uh, yeah, obviously not much is known about the movie, uh, but obviously in the first one, it, it's about uh, you know, New York being attacked by a giant monster. Dylan, do you want a Cloverfield sequel? <laughs> uh, I'll say yes, because I really like Cloverfield and I really like 10 Cloverfield Lane, but I thought Cloverfield Paradox was shit house so i guess two out of three is a yes i would like more cloverfield i don't really know what i want from it is the thing like I, if you'd asked me what i want from a cloverfield sequel i definitely wouldn't have said 10 cloverfield lane but 10 cloverfield lane was fucking awesome would you it have has nothing cloverfield to do with paradox i would definitely have not said cloverfield paradox either to be honest like that's a <laughs> fucking spaceship movie i don't know how i would have got like both both of them were really not would like if you were like i was pitched i used to pitch like, I used to love, I was obsessed with Cloverfield for ages. I used to tell friends, like, he's my perfect fit for a sequel. It starts, I used to say, with the army taking out the tape of the original movie. And that's what they were watching. And then um, it's like, uh, like, like uh, what do you call it? Like security cam sort of Body stuff. Cam. Body cam from the army would have been, was my pitch. Yeah. So for the second one. Yeah, 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 for the second one. And it starts with them taking the, the tape out, so yeah. like connect okay. the straight to the first one. So yeah. Feel free to use that if you want JJ as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to like actually see what the hell is going on. <laughs> Obviously, you know, in Cloverfield you'd never really see the monster or like the reaction to the monster. Uh and then in Ten Cloverfield Lane, I mean it's so tangentially related. You know, what there's one creature in it at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh spoilers. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of exploring what actually happens. But then you might create, the, the, might retroactively destroy the the illusion of those movies as well. 
the whole lore at the moment is it's something that drops from space, which is why you get the paradox. And then, like, in the original movie, in the footage that it, it briefly has where they're, like, on the um, the merry-go-round thing, um, mm. there's Ferris in the wheel, back yeah. Ferris wheel in the background from that footage, you can actually see something drop from the sky and land in the the sky uh, in the water in the background yeah. from a couple of days prior. Like, there's all these little Easter eggy sort of things that hint towards its thing. But I mean, that's why I was liked about the first movie. They didn't. I didn't really need to know. I just enjoyed. Like, mm. I'd like watch it, and I was like, "Fuck, what cool movie!" And then reading online, people discovering stuff in the background for like ages. It was great. All right. Uh, Final Destination Six. Find its directors in Freaks Filmmakers. Uh, Zach Lebowski and Adam B. Stein, the filmmaking team known for their 2018 sci-fi film Freaks, has nabbed the coveted gig of directing Final Destination 6, the relaunch of the New Lines Grand's Gunol horror franchise. Uh, Craig Perry, the original franchise producer, is producing with Sheila Hanahan. Taylor, John Watts, uh, is also producing alongside Diane McGoogle. Uh, Watts also wrote the treatment for the relaunch. Guy Busick and Laurie Evans-Taylor, whose credits include Ready or Not and the relaunch Scream franchise, are writing the script. Uh, the previous Final Destination movie was released over 10 years ago in 2011. Plot, key plot, uh, plot details have been kept up on the key, but the core concept remains. A character has a premonition of a horrific and deadly event, cheats his or her own death, and saves several other lives in the process, only for to have death as a personified and unstoppable force come for the survivors one by one. Uh, Dylan, what you, are you excited for a new Final Destination? I would have said, in general, no, but um, the everyone involved, I feel like, is a big plus. So I'm going to mm-hmm. say yes. Like, if it wasn't for everyone involved, I wouldn't care or give two shits. But I really enjoyed the Final Destination movies um, when I was in high school watching them. Definitely loved, especially the original three. I used to watch quite a quite a bit, um, especially at friends' places and stuff. Just chuck them on sometimes. The you're like, how could you just chuck something like that on? It's horrible. Um, but yeah, so I definitely like the franchise, and yeah, everyone else that's involved from the like Freaks was really really good, quite funny, <laughs> funny. What a movie! You should watch it. Uh the and then yeah, obviously like Scream and Radio Knots, fantastic. So yeah, all the, I feel like there's it's just there's enough boxes there being ticked for me to get somewhat maybe this could be good yeah uh i've got no attachments to the franchise but i did find this story very interesting uh so reading from this hollywood reporter article lepovsky and stein rose to the top of the uh list of potential directors thanks to their ideas and passion for the final destination brand according to sources the duo were already in line to get the gig when one final zoom pitch meeting became what some in Hollywood called the Zoom call to end all Zoom calls. The duo made their pitch to new line execs and producers together with a burning fireplace behind them. As they wrapped up the meeting, the fire came alive and the mantle began burning. The filmmaker stopped and after a tense moment, quickly extinguished the flames. As they sat down, everyone relieved the accident had passed. A wrenching creak was heard and suddenly the whizzing ceiling fan broke off and flew down, decapitating one of the filmmakers. Exactly, and producers went from concern to all-out laughter. The bit using a combination of pre-recorded footage and visual effects has resulted seamlessly and showed their unabashed enthusiasm. It was to all involved the cherry on top. Wow, it's actually a pretty cool story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so hopefully, eventually, we'll get to see that footage. 
Yeah, Surely DVD, the, DVD just be like, we'll, we've got to save this, you know. <laughs> we can't use this just, just for this Zoom meeting. <laughs> Even if we don't get it, we'll just put it out, like, the day before, just yeah. despite them, you know. No, that's cool. Very cool story. Uh, we've been talking about a bunch of projects, because there's so many different projects that have had different announcements and castings and that kind of stuff. Uh, so we're going to cover them in this pro segment we like to call, Would You Want to Invest?, I'll list a different project. Dylan's going to decide if you would want to invest fully, invest partially, or just not invest in this project based on any criteria that deems fit, and then history will be the judge if he is right or wrong. <laughs> All right. Uh, Al Pacino has been set to star in Billy Knight, an indie drama that will mark the feature film debut of writer-director Alec Griffin-Roth. Stranger Things star Charlie Heaton and Diana Silvers will top-line the pick which begins shooting in Los Angeles. The plot follows grad student schools. The plot follows grad school students Alex and Emily as they traverse the aspiring careers as filmmakers. Gra- Alex is also grappling with the grief of losing his father, a failed screenwriter. The only thing his dad left him was a box of unfinished scripts and a handkerchief with the name Billy Knight embroidered on it. Alex embarks on a magical Hollywood adventure to track down Billy Knight, all while navigating the line between fiction and reality. Uh, I'll go partial on this. Al Pacino plus some Stranger Things cast members. Sure. All right. Next one. Uh, the wild story of crypto couple Isla Dutch Lichtenstein and Heather Razzlekhan Morgan is headed to the screen. Hulu is in early development on the limited series Razzlekhan, the infamous crocodile of Wall Street from Searchlight Pick Television. Lily Collins is set to star as Morgan in the project, which she's producing with Charlie McDown, who is set to direct. Uh, based on the New York ma- Magazine article, The Many Lives of Crypto's Most Notorious Couple, the series focuses on Lichtenstein and Morgan, tipped to be either the masterminds behind one of the biggest one of the biggest heists in history, or a pair of hapless wannabe in- entrepreneurs who somehow stumbled upon a hard drive containing $3.6 billion in Bitcoin stolen from the Phoenix Exchange. Uh, the, series, the title of the series, Razzle Khan, comes from Morgan's alter ego as a YouTube rapper. Uh, fully invest. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about that sounds like that's going to be a show that and story that was going to be uh, a hit with most people. So yes, fully invest. All right. Uh, four-time Oscar nominee Sersha Ronan, surprising it's four, uh, is set to join the ensemble of Steve McQueen's next film, Blitz, from Apple Original Films. McQueen will write, direct, and produce the film, which tells the stories of Londoners during the Blitz of World War Two. Scheduled to begin filming later this year. Fully invest. Don't really need to explain why, do I? I the Queen, Sasha Brennan. Right. Invest. Fully invest. Yes. Yorgos Lanthanos, the filmmaker behind Dark Companies like The Favourite and Lobster, has lined up his up a starry ensemble for his next movie titled And. Amber Stone, William Defoe, Jesse Plemons, and Margaret Qualley will star in And which is set at Searchlight Pictures. Plot details for the film have been kept under wraps. I'm partially investing because I want to watch it, but I'm only going partial because I know no one's going to be able to Google when the fuck this is showing in their local cinema, so I don't know if many people will watch it. you have to look and film 2020 whatever three? Yeah, or? yeah. so I'm very, yeah. trying to be smart with my money, so I'm going partial. All right. Lionsgate's highly anticipated film centred... On Dennis Rodman's 48 hours in Vegas during the 1998 NBA Finals, may have zeroed in on the actor who will portray the infamous basketball star. Basketball star. 
Sources tell Deadline that Major Jonathan Majors is in early talks to play Rodman, aka the Worm, in 48 hours in Vegas. While a deal isn't closed, sources say Majors is very much on board and negotiations are headed in the right direction. Uh, the spec is inspired by the crazy story of our NBA star Dennis Rodman went on a madcap adventure in this with his skittish assistant GM in the middle of the 1998 NBA Finals. The film will detail a budding friendship that neither of them ever thought was possible that will end up solving both of their problems. Um, I'm fully investing uh, if Majors is on board. Mm. Mm. Yeah, got to get that last last bit over the line. Yeah. All right. Uh, these next two are just you know just for you because you know I know you're going through like a mourning period at the moment. Better Call Saul Emmy nominee Bob Odenkirk has been set to co-write and co-star in feature comedy The Making of Jesus Diabetes. Uh, Odenkirk is collaborating on the project with comedy actors writers Andrew Friedman and Matthew Norton, uh, Michael Norton, who will also co-write and co-star. Helen. Heath Cullens uh, will direct the movie, which will chronicle which chronicles the story of two reclusive middle-aged brothers with no filmmaking experience who are attempting to make a movie about diabetes during Jesus's time to honor their deceased mother. All the while, the brothers mad, all the while the brothers' madcap journey is being filmed by their neighbor. Fully invest. It sounds absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I'm glad to see uh, Bob doing a little bit more uh, in his comedy roots. I guess, yeah. Vince Gilligan's next series has landed Full Apple with the two, <laughs> two seasons straight to series order. In addition, Better Call Saul's star Rhea Seahorn is attached to star in the series in the lead role. His app plot details are being kept under wraps. I think it's actually my favorite news story. Like I remember when I saw this pop up, I was like, man, what a fucking world we live in. <laughs> I was like, straight to or series order, Apple TV, Vince Gilligan, Rhea Seahorn. You know, what the fuck? Like, hell's yeah. Is all I, is all I got to say about that. My my new favorite show is coming out soon. All right. Uh, last one for this week. Robert Eggers' long-awaited new take on Nosferatu is gaining some serious momentum as sources tell Deadline that Bill Skarsgård is attached to play the titular character, and Lily Rose Depp is in talks to co-star. Think is now set up at Focus Fixtures with Eggers directing and penning the scripts. In the new reimagining, Nosferatu is a gothic tale of obsession between a haunted young woman uh, in 19th century Germany and the ancient Transylvanian vampire who stalks her, bringing untold horror to him. Uh, bringing untold horror with him. Focus has no comment of the project. Full inverse. I mean, yeah. Has Eggers made a bad thing? No. No. I am disappointed that Anya Taylor-Joy is no longer involved and is not playing Nosferatu. Yeah, I saw everyone, <laughs> saw everyone online like saying say this. But I was like, well, she, yeah, I was like, she wasn't actually playing Nosferatu. So <laughs> like, that was my joke. <laughs> that was my first thought. So I don't know you should have tweeted it. <laughs> I did tweet it. Did um, you? Oh. Yeah, my bad. I think you even liked it. <laughs> I stole your stole your joke then. Maybe, yeah, maybe I liked it. All right. Yep. So that's uh. That's everything for this week. Uh, let's get let's just give some thumbs to some trailers. Of course, you can find all the trailers we're about to talk about this week. You can find them in the show notes below. First trailer for this week: The Midnight Club, created by Mike Flanagan and Leah Fong, uh, starring Imam Benson, Adia, Igby Rigney, Ruth Cod, Aya 
Furukawa, Anara Shepard, William Chris Sumpter, and Sarian Tapkota. Uh, at a manor with a mysterious history, eight members of the Midnight Club meet each night at midnight to tell sinister stories and to look for the signs of the supernatural from beyond. Dylan, what do you think of the trailer for the Midnight Club? I thought it was really good. I feel like it's, uh, so it's Mike Flanagan created, he directs a couple of episodes, but it's like, um, it's not all him this time, which is good. Uh, it also has a different side team. So instead of being based on a Stephen King thing, it's an original <laughs> property, which is um, interesting on its own. And I feel like you can tell that because it has a slightly more, I don't know, like teen... Like, it's still scary. Like, obviously, it's still, like, a, a horror sort of thing. But it feels a little bit more, like, teen-direction-focused, I guess. Like, it feels like it has a different audience. Like, he's, if you were to look at his other previous stuff, I feel like they're all focused at adults. This actually feels like it's targeted at teens. Yeah. So, to be clear, it is based on a YA novel from 1994. So, is it's it? not completely original yet. I didn't even know that. There you go. But at least it's not a Stephen King thing. Yeah, it's not Stephen King. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it definitely feels like it's targeted at, at, at a teen audience where um, all these other stuff, especially his last series, definitely was like targeted at adults. <laughs> like, very, you got these heavy long monologues about life and death and all this sort of stuff. Um, but in a different way to this, it was more, you know, like, uh, this is, yeah. I mean, it's heavy stuff. Obviously, it's a bunch of people who are, you know, cancer and whatever else. They're all they're in a hospice so it's it's not exactly like light subject matter but still feels it, uh, i don't know you tell me did it feel like it was targeted more towards a teenager like a younger audience yeah i think so but you know i haven't watched his other stuff so i can't guarantee but i i assume it skews a little bit older um yeah i mean this i'd seen it pitched as more like a goosebumps level of horror than you know his other stuff and i think yeah. that's probably Fair, yeah. but you know, probably a little bit more scary than the most recent like Goosebumps stuff. Um, yeah, it's got a interesting hook, you know, with these kids who are about to die, uh, and this mystery around this hospice that they're all living in. Uh, yeah, so I thought it was pretty good. I'll give it. Two I'll go one up. up. I'll go one up one down. Ooh, okay. Felt like I was a bit weirdly paced the trailer, but yeah, I'm going one up. All right. Uh, so Midnight Club is, it's not far away. It is releasing on Netflix October 7th. A, you know? a couple days after this. Yeah, so another Netflix thing that, from Net, by Mike Flanagan that you won't watch for ages. Because something will happen the weekend that uh, it comes out. Yeah, correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next trailer is for Hellraiser, directed by David Bruckner, starring Odessa Azion, uh, Jamie Clayton, Brandon Flynn, Goran Vishnich. Uh, Drew Starkey, Adam Faison, Iofi Hines, Selena Lowe, and Hayam Abbas. A young woman must confront the sadistic supernatural forces behind an enigmatic puzzle box responsible for her brother's disappearance. Dylan, what do you think of the trailer for the new Hellraiser? I'm going to double thumbs up. I was really surprised how good this trailer was and how good this actually looked. Um, but then I, I looked up the director's actually done some decent stuff, so it wasn't like, I was like, okay, right. Um, previously, anything other than like the first Hellraiser or maybe the first, like what, maybe it's first and third one, I feel like, or something like that. I think it's the third one that are like decent. Um, that everyone else, like all the others are just gibberish. So, 
Um, and I was expecting this to just be a, to look bad. To, to be honest, I clicked press on, I pressed play on the trailer a couple days ago whenever it, it dropped and I was like, yeah, all right, I'll watch it. Like, cause I, I like Clive Barker. Like I've read a, I've read way more. I've read the most Clive Barker out of any like sort of popular horror author. I've, I've read 10 times the amount of Clive Barker than I have like Stephen King or anything. He's sort of, he would be my favorite horror writer is Clive Barker. So I, like Hellraiser, it's not my favorite of his like stories or anything, but it's definitely his most popular book that's got turned into a movie. Like um, character-wise, I guess it's most recognizable and everything. So, uh, but yeah, it looked. I actually thought this looked quite intense and good, and um, good new reboot direction for the the franchise. I'm going to double thumbs up. Uh, I'm going to go one up, one down. I don't have any super anything super wrong with it. I just it wasn't particularly engaging or exciting um it's interesting I, I i'm on the opposite end of the spectrum where i, I knew absolutely nothing about hellraiser uh, or pinhead other than you know it's covered in pins sure you've seen pinhead like though Doesn't yeah i've like seen it. pinhead yeah. but i didn't know the context i don't know nothing about these freaking chains i didn't know anything about this puzzle box and that's what brings him and that kind of knowing that kind of makes uh Cabin in the Woods <laughs> make more sense a little bit because they've got like puzzle, puzzle box or something in there that's yeah. like a reference I assume um, yes. but yeah I mean it looks fine it's a girl pinhead <laughs> which you know just wait till the the right comes along and this is the woke, woke left you know with their female equality demonic monsters <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. All right. Uh, yeah. So this is what is it? It's coming to uh, Hulu in America on October seventh, but here in Australia, it is coming to Paramount Plus on October twenty sixth. It's a weird one. It is a weird one. Uh, all right. Let's break up some of this horror with a new trailer for a call for a movie called Suzumi no Tojimari. <clears throat> so this is the latest movie for, by Makato Shinkai, who obviously did. Uh, your name and weathering for you, weathering with you, uh, starring Nanika Hara and Hokotu Matsumura. Seventeen-year-old uh, Suzumi discovers a mysterious door on the mountains, and soon other doors begin appearing across Japan. As the doors open, they release disasters and destruction. It's up to Suzumi to close them again. Dylan, what do you think of this trailer? A girl falls in love with a chair. <laughs> 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 we run out of, oh, no frogs, no frogs left, no animals left. What's she going to kiss in this movie? A fucking chair. <laughs> Double thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm just going to, I've got nothing else to say. That's, that's all I need to say. That's it. Yeah, this is a two thumbs up trailer as well, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, the basic concept and like reveal of him turning into a chair is very funny uh and then also the villainous character in this is like a cute adorable little cat uh hey, that cute that was, fucking thing's cackling at i some mean point. it's a cat that is kind of demonic looking but you know it is still a cat um yeah it looks beautifully animated uh i you know i think one of the most beautifully animated things you can see is like a it, at least his movie is like these girls like tying up their hair i think it looks so impressive it's ridiculous uh why that is something that attaches tracks my attention. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just beautifully animated, uh, very 
it seems like it's a small story, but it looks like it's going to be, end up being a big story like all his other films so far. Um, so, yeah, I'm very keen for this. So, this is releasing in Japan from 11th of November. It is being released worldwide uh, early 2023. I believe Crunchyroll and Sony are teaming up in everywhere except I was about to say, Asia. Like, for... What the fuck was the last one called? Weathering with you. Weathering with you was only a couple months later, and even I got to watch. At it least couple, here in like, Australia, yeah, a couple months later. It was and only then a couple it months. was very delayed in the US. Yeah, very delayed in the US. Uh, yeah, very delayed in the US. But we got yeah, to watch it, it not long after. Yeah, so it'll be interesting when this comes out here, when it comes out elsewhere. Uh, I feel like anime does like some of these anime movies come here pretty quick, and then other ones like take forever. Well, if you don't have to wait for if you if they're not if they just you know it's just the. The sub version. The dubbing, not, yeah. Like, it's dubbing it's, process. I'm not waiting for the dubbing, so. Alright. Alright, let's jump back into some horror stuff. Next trailer is it's for- fucking October, Ash. It's horror month. <laughs> Next trailer is for Knock at the Cabin, directed by M. Night Shyamalan, starring Dave Bautista, Jonathan Groff, Ben Aldridge, Nikki Amuku, Amaka, Bird, Kristen Q, Abby Quinn, and Rupert Grint, while vacationing at a remote cabin in the woods. A young girl and her parents are taken hostage by four armed strangers who demand they make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse. Confused, scared, and with limited access to the outside world, the family must decide what they believe before all is lost. Dylan, what do you think of this latest Shyamalan trailer? Double thumbs up. I thought this was a very well put together like teaser, all the way like it plays out and just reveal, like them standing at the shot at the end, like with the knock on the door, and then the reveal of them, like sort of standing in line, and then Dave Batista, like saying his whole, like, we're here to save the world, <laughs> or whatever the fuck he says. Like, Spiel, yeah. this is, yeah, this is M. Night Shyamalan back on his shit, is basically the way I would uh, describe this trailer. <laughs> and he's totally back on his shit, you know, the fucking, it's the weather again. What's the villain? It's the weather. <laughs> what? No. Um, yeah, I'm going to double thumbs up. I, I'm, I'm keen for this. Yeah, I'm going to give it two thumbs up. Because surely there's going to be some crazy twist. It can't be as simple as they have to choose which one of them is going to die to stop the apocalypse. You know? They, they, they can't be what it actually is. Or is it the twist going to be that the twist, there is no twist. It's just a straight up what we think is going to be. And then, if that's the case, how do you stretch this out to your at least 90 minute movie? You have to watch it, Ash. I do. The, the, the <laughs> twist is that you'll have to watch it. The twist uh, is you have to watch it, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think very well set up. You know, Jonathan Groff and Ben Aldridge, a nice gay couple. This young, little, adorable kid uh, who looks terrified when Nate Batista comes out of nowhere, walking through the woods. Uh, why she just sat there and watched? I mean, I would just, I would have run away and I'm a grown adult <laughs> if Dave Batista <laughs> just started walking towards me. In the middle of nowhere, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, no. Yeah. That crazy group of grids of this, too. Mm. It's a wild casting choice. Like, I, I know he, like, it's a, I, I've seen people be like, oh, he's still acting. I'm like, like, I'm well aware he's, like, still in stuff. Yeah, but- he's on the servant, the M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> yeah. TV show. Um, yeah, that's true, actually. Um, but, like, it's this is, I would say, the first more mainstream thing he's going to have done. Well, no. Anyway. Hollywood, I, like, a generic, a thing that more people would probably watch, yeah. Like, oh, that's the kid from that franchise. Yeah, that one. Here's the, here's the one and nobody remembers. Yeah. Now, this is the main three. 
All right, last trailer for this week. Halloween ends. We can only hope. Uh, directed by David Gordon Green, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, James Jude Courtney, Andy Bacicek, Will Patton, and Kyle Richards. Four years after her last encounter with the masked killer, Michael Myers, Laurie Strode is living with her granddaughter and trying to finish her memoir. Myers hasn't been seen since, and Laurie finally decides to liberate herself from rage and fear and embrace life. However, when a young man stands accused of murdering a boy that he's babysitting, it ignites a cascade of violence and terror that forces Laurie to confront the evil she can't control. Dylan, what do you think of this trailer for Halloween Ends? I'm going to double thumbs down. It did absolutely nothing for me. I don't know if it's because I didn't like the last one, or just because it's a bad trailer. Or that I just don't know what the point of this trailer is. Like, it's... I don't know. I just... Yeah, I don't know. I just... I didn't like it. Let me put, let me put it that way. I didn't like the last movie. I really liked the first one. Or the reboot first one. Um, but yeah, this trailer... I don't know. It did nothing. I watched it and I was like... Like, I'm going to watch it, obviously. But I just... The trailer, I was just like, what? I don't, I don't care. Like, my... I feel like the kills just drained all my excitement for this film. Yeah. It seemed like... No, I can't find a way to work Halloween uh, Evil Dies Tonight into like, <laughs> Evil Dies uh, Your your hope your excitement your dies hope. tonight. Excitement <laughs> dies tonight. Yes, it does. Uh yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna agree. Uh two thumbs down. I think, you know, there's not a lot there that is super exciting. Uh just the premise of this is not as exciting as we've theorized would possibly be. Um Yeah, I mean Hopefully it ends. That's the only thing, you know? Ash. Evil dies tonight. We, You're going to be walking into the cinema? You're going to be chanting. Yeah. Just get it, get Sitting a chant there going. while the trailers, the, just, all the trailers are going just, before. You, you start, start chanting. Evil, 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 evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. And this will see if everyone, like... <laughs> 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 yeah. All right. Uh... Let's wrap up this week's episode of What Do You Want to Watch with our What Do You Want to Watch Top 3. Definitely in the top three. And in celebration of community getting a movie, I thought, hey, this, why don't we uh, suggest some more sitcoms that could do with a movie spin-off or continuation? So this week's top three is top three sitcoms that should get a movie. Dylan, what's your number three? Number three, Space. I'm also just going to say straight out, community should not be on your list. Community's not, okay. community's not on my list. Nothing on my list has a movie currently. Number three, okay. Space. The, seri- the original Edgar Wright Good series choice. with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost both in it. Uh, be very easy for them to come back and do it. They should just do it for fun. Bring all these characters back. Have them get together. I don't really know what the plot would be. It doesn't really need to. It's just, you just I don't know. It's a fucking 90-minute episode of the, the, the show. It's fine. They only ever did two seasons, I think. So that's like two, 12 episodes, right? Fucking... Have it whole, the movie's just them playing Resident Evil in PS1 and just make that the whole thing. I don't know. Like, just extend that bit from the TV show out into the movie. I don't know. But that's number three. Probably. That is a good choice. Uh, my number three, Fly the Concords. You know, great show on HBO. Uh, ran two seasons. Focused on their different mu- musical comedy songs. It's been several years. They should come back, do a reunion. I know they just did it like a reunion, but they should do like a reunion movie uh, in which they reunite in the movie and do new songs. 
Uh, you know, musicals have blown up in the years, in the last few years. Uh, I feel like Fly the Concords would be a great movie to like have. <laughs> it just makes sense, you know. Jermaine is such a big uh, actor now. Uh, Brett is, of course, an Academy Award winner. Just do the movie, <laughs> please. Dylan, what's your number two? My number two is Fly the Concords. Everything you just said. <laughs> Back to you. <laughs> uh my number two now it, it feels like a little bit of a cheat it's what we do in the shadows <laughs> the tv show a- now the movie give me i love this new cast of characters uh as you know it's really cool to see them each and every week but i think a longer uh special event uh, especially given what happened at the end of this later season, uh, could potentially be very cool. It could just be as simple as they've got leaving some, going on some sort of crazy adventure uh, that takes place over an extended period and doesn't necessarily fit in a 90-minute film uh, episode of television. So, yeah, that would be my pick. Uh, and I know it's a little bit of a cheat. How the fuck I mean, you- then you could really have a proper crossover. You're like, the- let me pick something that's a American version of a film that's also still airing. So it's not like it's even over. Yeah. Fucking. Like, you, you just tick both boxes. You can get away with one of those both. boxes. but <laughs> have both boxes. No, get get it while the iron's hot. That's what I'm saying. Dylan, what's your number one? I'm talking about getting it while the iron's hot. My number one pick's Bluey. <laughs> okay. Number one t- kids TV show in the world right now. Massive hit from Australia that's that's taken off, picked up by Disney. Uh, it's on Disney Plus in America and everything. It's huge here. It's huge there. Fucking time to make a movie. Mm. Would it translate to movie form? Why not? Because they're short episodes. Isn't that kind of the appeal? Yeah, they are short episodes. That's the appeal. But like, if you make a movie for a couple of years from now, the, the target audience now will be old enough to enjoy a longer length movie, I feel. I mean, I'm on board, you know. I, I would be happy to go pay money to watch Blue on the big screen. But, mm. you know, I think that art style would be pretty cool. You can make, you can make a 70-minute movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's still feature-length, so. I'm, okay. not, I'm not asking for a two-hour Blue movie. Uh, why not? <laughs> I feel like two hours <laughs> would actually probably be too long for a Blue movie. <laughs> All right. You know, you just have like a sleepy, sleepy time song in the middle. All the kids fall asleep, and then all the adults can enjoy the rest of the movie. It'd be great. My number one is Brooklyn Nine Nine. It makes sense. They've kind of left it off in a great point, which you could return at some point in the future. After I guess spoilers, Jake retires from the NYPD uh, to help raise his son. Uh, you know, his son goes back to school. He works his way back into the NYPD. It goes back to the nine nine, or uh, there's some sort of crazy case, and the only person they can get to solve it is the expert detective Jake Peralta. Uh, you know, you bring back all the great cast. Uh, yeah, a movie would make sense. Not necessarily right now, but you know, sometime down the road, I think would be a lot of fun and would really work. You know, you have the big budget. You could have the big budget, like spectacular moments. Like, have the diehard moments that he's always talking about, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think it would be great. 
hit me up, Andy Sandberg. I know <laughs> if you want the... All right. Let us know what your top three sitcoms that you get a movie are uh, by going to explosionnetwork.com slash Twitter or jump to Discord at explosion.com slash Discord. If you want to help us out here at what you want to watch, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. Leave us five stars. Anyone can leave five stars or just tell people about the show. And if you really like this episode, thoughts worth a dollar, head on over to our coffee page at explosion.com slash support. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time. Keep watching stuff, I guess.